Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Garage Rock Show. Now on to this week's episode. All right, it's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week, Dahlia. Good to have you with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Garage Rock Show. And uh, George, good to have you back, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, we got lots of things to talk about this week, but real quick, uh, if you guys want to enter for this week's, actually this month's prize giveaways, your choice of either David Bowie Glastonbury Live 2000 Remastered CD Best of the Doors Remastered CD, Pink Floyd, The Early Years DVD CD Combo, or Long Strange Trip Untold Story of the Grateful Dead Blu-ray. Your choice. Just text the word PODCAST to 68683. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T to 68683. Go through the steps. Confirm your entry for this month's giveaway. Good luck. All right. So this week's Billboard new releases for the week of April 26th, 2019. Um, all right. Some interesting ones. Amon Tobin, you remember him, Dahlia? Yeah, I have a picture. Uh, where was that? At the Warfield? The Warfield. We saw yeah, him. Yeah, by uh, the uh, the marquee. Yeah, he had this really cool stage setup. It was called, like, the Cube or something. And, oh, that's right. That was, it was really cool. It was uh, a really cool interactive, like, stage setup with all these visuals and stuff. Wasn't with he his in music. the Cube somewhere? Yeah, something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really impressive. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see... What his, his new album's called Fear and a Handful of Dust. So that sounds interesting. Good artist. Um, what else we got here? B.B. Mm. Mac? It wasn't that, that old fucking band from the 90s? I don't know. I thought it was like a boy band or a girl band. But their band. title is... Uh, <laughs> to, be <laughs> to be announced, and it's out today, so I guess that's a surprise. Oh, yeah, surprise um, I'll just Harding, Balin, Craig Finn, Danko Jones, Foxygen, Guided by Voices have a new one. J.J. Kale, Kevin Morby, King Gizzard, and the Lizard Wizard. Those guys put out quite, uh, they put out, I can't remember what it was, like 10 albums in Is like two years or something crazy. Is that Sean Lennon's band? No, it's a different band. Oh, okay. They're the Lennon Claypool Delirium. Oh, okay. And uh, some other ones, but um, also new stuff from local natives, Lamb, Marina, Nick Murphy, Pink, uh, Paws, Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20, um... Soak the Cranberries. Oh, their new album is out today. Okay, it's called The End, and it supposedly features some stuff from Dolores O'Riordan uh, that they were working on. So that'd be kind of interesting. To Did hear. you see Pink on the Ellen DeGeneres show I did recently? Not. What was that all about? Well, she had posted like pics of her kids on social media. Uh huh. And like one of her kids, little baby, you know, is her little baby was like in the nude, like by a pool or something. Well. And, like, not, like, totally exposed or anything like that. But people were messaging her, like, back on Twitter and telling her they're going to call CPS on her for posting. Because her kid was exposed? Yeah, yeah. And all this crazy stuff. And she says, I'm never, ever going to post uh, videos of my children again. You get all that negative feedback when you're just raising your kids how you were raised, And in her opinion. And wasn't right. a, like a super big deal back then but anyway they they blew it out of proportion so yeah i could see that, that i'm sure you know uh we don't have any kids of our own no. but i would imagine george i mean 
Like, did you ever come across, you know, not to get personal or anything, but did you ever come across things like that when you were raising your kid that you felt a certain way? Like, I don't see a really big deal about that, but then somebody else from the outside would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, like, you know. Yeah, but that's just the nature of the Internet now, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone is a critic. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, whether it's their business or not or they have any frame of reference or not, um, I don't know. There are just people that are just really quick to judge the behavior of others um yep so and I yeah think i've had people judge what i've done as a parent but at the end oh, i hate the expression i was about to say at the end of the day <laughs> but at the end of the day it is my decision yeah and uh you know i don't care what they think yeah right, more power ha- to you and more power you to pink for doing be- that too, yeah you, know? you have your child's best interest in mind yep, ultimately sure. so Come on, people, get over it. Yep. All right, so moving on to rock news, kicking it off this week with some festival lineup announcements. Uh, One of the big ones in our area here out in Central California is Aftershock 2019, which will be going on October 11th through the 13th. They've expanded to three days this year. Some people are complaining about the lineup, saying that it's watered down because of that. That normally it's a two-day festival. Oh, that's right. It is usually like Saturday, Sunday. Right. What's the small print above the band Stained? It says um, presenting the return of, oh, I think. Okay. Like, uh, like we're all fucking sitting, waiting around, <laughs> waiting for Stain to come back. How can yeah, you read that news, print? Too. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe there's some Stain fans listening. Sorry. Of course. Of uh, course. But it's hey, just not for me, man. Uh, it looks like that country stuff Aaron Lewis was doing wasn't really working, paying the bills. So uh, get back on Stain, I guess. Uh, but Fishbone Saturday, hey. Yeah, Saturday is the lineup that I want to check out. Like, of the other ones, like, we've seen well, most of the bands. Why don't you tell some of the listeners some of the bands you're interested on the lineup? Well. They're trying to visualize I've, it right now. Oh, I've never seen Rob Zombie live. Okay. Um, so that'll be awesome. Yeah, I've cool. seen We've seen Marilyn Manson. I don't remember if we've seen Bring Me the Horizon. We were there when they were there year before last. Yeah, I think we did. I don't know if we saw them. I Maybe think we, from like a, we you had know, a drive from there to Tahoe for Aaron's wedding and then come back. I think we just missed the show. That's when uh, we missed, uh, that was when we missed Slipknot. Mm-hmm. So that's, that'd yeah. be cool. Bad Religion. I remember seeing Bad Religion in like 2000 and, oh my gosh, three? 2003? I saw them pretty recently. They oh, were, have you? Yeah. But, but I love Bad Religion. They're great. They're, yeah. Uh, let's see who else on that. We've yeah, uh, let's see, Blink One Eighty Two. I'm a Blink One Eighty Two fan, so I would like to see what they're going to be presenting. So I think that that's cool, and I think it's a nice, refreshing band because there's a lot of like metal bands, like '90s metal bands, sure. '2000s metal bands. So I think that'll be kind of refreshing. Get it a little. Any highlights for you off that lineup there, George? Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, hard rock bands per se so not you not said really. fishbone though but that yeah ca- fishbone is, without a doubt i mean they're the band i've seen the most times i uh, thought maybe you if you saw it down on sunday was fu manchu the original well, I, yeah, punk I, band from the 80s they're kind of sure. skate punk band uh it's the original lineup of that i thought that was kind of neat um also dead baby metal though yeah baby metal <laughs> have you ever seen them oh yeah 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 uh charles is stoked about that he was he's not here this week but he was talking about how uh, he can't wait to check them out. Oh, so he's going this year? Yeah. He missed last year, and that was the first year he missed because his baby. He saw the lineup born. for this, and he was saying he's at least going to try and make it Sunday mm. uh, because he said his son's into Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Uh, Frank Carter's a good group. Um, 
the Crystal Method. That's I remember that album Vegas that came out in '97. That that electronic album for me was one of the first electronic albums that I ever bought. That one and the Chemical Brothers, and they're touring. They're both touring this year, so it's kind of cool for me to be able to see Crystal Method finally. Um, and I'm, I was looking up their set list. They play a lot of the early stuff, so it's pretty cool. Uh, Deadland Ritual is Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath, and then Steve Stevens from. Uh, Billy Idol guitarist and it's a kind of a super group they have with um, another drummer and a bassist and hmm. they do or excuse me a drummer and uh, a singer and they do stuff like that who's so. singing for Stone Temple Pilots is that it's the new singer oh they have a new one yep oh, so wow. uh, is, it, is it gonna sound like Scott Whalen like? it, it kind of does he kind of sounds creepily eh. kind of like him a little bit uh, so We'll see that. And then I don't know if you guys caught Philip H. Anselmo and the Illegals. That's um, Philip Anselmo from Pantera uh, and his new side project. Uh, so that'll be kind of cool. Um, and then Dropkick Murphy's interested. In, I'm interested to see them. Well, their we new saw album. them at Coachella a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, they have a new album out. And uh, they're always good live. They're always a fun band to mm-hmm. see live. They, them, Flogging Molly. Mm-hmm. I, I always like that stuff. We so. interviewed Highly Suspect a couple years ago. Yeah, and they're back. So. Yeah, so. Hopefully we'll get media passes again. I believe we will, and maybe we'll get some interviews mm-hmm. for you guys. You'll be able to hear it on the podcast. So, um, Here's another festival. Uh, this one's in downtown Las Vegas, September 20th through the 22nd. More of a diverse kind of lineup, uh, more pop-oriented, hip-hop-oriented, but uh, also you know, kind of covers a lot of ground here. Uh, this one's called uh, Life is Beautiful Festival in Las Vegas, and it goes three days over... Uh, September 20th through the 22nd. Some of the headliners, Chance the Rapper, The Black Keys, Post Malone, Billie Eilish, Vampire Weekend, Zed, Lil Wayne, Portugal, The Man. Uh, They're headlining the first day of that uh, outdoor festival in Fresno. Who's that? Grizzly Rock, I think it's called. Uh, oh, uh, Portugal, Portugal, The Man. The Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up in May. That's actually next weekend, I think, right? Is it? Yeah, I think it's Is the. Is that going to be it's a, like May Fourth Park? I think so. Yeah, that's, that's a nice park. Yeah, so hopefully it goes well and they do do well and they can come back next year and put, keep putting money into that stuff. I would love to have like a good size festival in Fresno, so we don't have to keep traveling two plus mm-hmm. hours everywhere, right, to the Bay Area, right. to Sacramento. Yeah, bring me the horizon, or not bring me, but uh, a day to remember is on the lineup for aftershock. We saw them at Woodward Park. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to check out all those bands again. It's going to be a good time. So check it out, guys. Look at Psycho Las Vegas kind of competing for the better rock festival, uh, in my opinion, uh, compared to punk rock bowling in Las Vegas. Uh, this one's it's a, it's a little heavier lineup. Uh, definitely not you know punk rock as, uh, as much. But we got Megadeth, Opeth, and Electric Wizard as the headliners, along with Clutch, Godspeed, You Black Emperor, Beach House, High on Fire, Bad Religion, Mogwai, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, The Black Angels, Mark Lanigan, uh, I think he's from The Screaming Trees, yeah. uh, Graveyard, Deaf Heaven, Glassjaw, The Faint, Cold Cave, Fu Manchu, which was also on Aftershock, Carcass. Uh, what do you think of this one, George? It's, it's definitely a little more heavier, but uh, I think kind of more obscure bands, kind of more desirable maybe. Yeah, there's some interesting diversity there. Uh, I mean, I'm... I would love to go. I could never afford anything. Dude, like I looked into it. Two hundred and seventy-one dollars right now for a three-day pass, wow. and then it's four. What does that include? Just your just day three pass? days of music, the access to the the concert ground, you know. 
And then it's $400 for a three-night stay at Mandalay Bay where it's going on. Oh, this is at Mandalay Bay? Yeah. Oh, that'll be nice, though, because I remember well, going yeah. to Punk Rock Bowling two years ago. And... I was we went a lot longer the, ago than that. It was like 2015, I think. Uh, it was the year. It was, we went on our honeymoon weekend, so it was like three, almost three years ago. Okay, three years ago. Yeah. Um, I the bands were good, but the venue it was, on a black was top. awful. Yeah, it was on. It was like in a parking lot. There was lot. no relief and at that, all in one stage. <sighs> Dude, it was. It was brutal, man. Uh, wow. Yeah, they had was... metal bleachers like far off. And, yeah, like, and who that wants was... to sit on some hot ass metal fucking bleachers uh, in a parking lot? Oof, you know, that wow. was awful. But yeah, I guess that's punk rock. I get it. Yeah, but I'm not, but... I'm not that <laughs> no, anymore. I'm yeah. now a spoiled, no. spoiled person. If you're gonna pay over two hundred dollars or whatever for any kind of ticket like that, you want it to be at least comfortable kind of grounds. You know, um, at least that's why I like aftershock is that there's trees and shade and it's grass dirt and grass and like you know it's not a little like, bit of hills i don't know man in vegas they just nickel and dime you for everything and everything's so damn expensive and it's just like fuck man that shit adds up and anyway but for everybody in the vegas area it's cool uh, if you don't have to travel or you know make it your destination kind of festival deal right once a year or something like that so anyway check out check it out Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crows' eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The uh, the fortification and benefits of these crows' eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crows' milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it, it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it, <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You can see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way. Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that I don't give a fuck mentality yeah. on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow, yeah, crow milk. Drink <laughs> it. Drink it and, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk, so. Thank you, crow milk. Uh, all right, more new rock news. Um, excuse me, more new releases this week in rock news as a new Prince album has been announced. It's called Originals, and it will feature previously unreleased demos, 15 songs, later made famous by The Bangles, Sheila E., Sinead O'Connor, and more. Uh, it's due out later this summer. It's um, All were penned by the funk legend Prince himself in the early 80s and 90s, and later recorded and released by other musicians, such as The Bangles, Sheila E., The Time, Kenny Rogers, and Vanity Six. So, um... Among the hits may, fans may recognize, like Morris Day in the time, you know, he has that big hit, Jungle Love. Well, apparently Prince wrote that, and that was his original hit. Sheila E's The Glamorous Life, that was, Prince wrote that. And basically, all of these people were able to use this music themselves, but now we're going to get to hear the previously unreleased demos that Prince recorded himself of these tracks. What do you think of that? I mean, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I, I'm curious think? to hear it. I mean, you know, Prince is, um, you know, less successful work is a lot better than, you know, some people's 
so-called successful <laughs> right yeah his <laughs> demos and outtakes are probably some really really good gems in there so it's kind of neat that we're gonna get to start seeing in the vault and stuff so to speak you know all these like unreleased prince things that are starting to come out right right so it's coming out june 21st so there you go check it out prince fans uh tom york his first ever ever classical composition don't fear the light will be airing this weekend on bbc uh the broadcast will also include his live performance of the new song goppers and the oscar nominated suspirium uh soundtrack that he did he wrote that original track there for that movie uh that came out last year uh so it's going to be on bbc radio 3 and it will be on this sunday april 28th so check it out it's from one of the minimalist dream house shows at the Philharmonie de, de Paris. I'm the Philharmonie excited to see that. I, well, I, you know I love classical music. That's all I listen to in my car, on my commute. Right. Uh, so I'm excited to I think hear it's this. cool when... You know I love Philip Glass. So I'm excited yeah. to hear Tom York do that same I like, type thing. I think it's yeah. going to be very cool. So we I like need to calendar that. when I modern artists do classical stuff, you know, like... So long as it's not on at the same time as Game of Thrones, you know, because it's a two-hour episode on Sunday. So. Game of Thrones, you can watch it anytime on nah. demand after that. Nah. You probably can't watch this on demand. I Too don't know. Too many people spoil, will spoil alert it for me, but but that sounds awesome. Yeah. Definitely want to check that out. All right. So former Nirvana manager dismisses Kurt Cobain murder theories. He's speaking out at a signing session in L.A. It's always around this time that we hear about this kind of shit uh, because he was, you know, he either committed suicide or was murdered, however you look at it, uh, in April. I think it was, what, April 10th or some shit? Uh, April 8th uh, is when he was murdered. So anyway, he was asked at a signing session in L.A. for his new book that's coming out. It's called Serving the Servant, Remembering Kurt Cobain. They were asking about his thoughts on the conspiracy theory that Courtney Love had her husband murdered and made to look like a suicide he replied quote i met tom grant once and once was enough grant was a detective who had been spinning all these years the conspiracy theory he gave me his reasons on why he thought this was very suspicious and i said to him don't you think the seattle police department would investigate this it's kind of front page news and they're under a lot of scrutiny goldberg continued he said quote oh i know how police departments can be corrupted so at that point, I stopped paying attention to him because that, to me, was absurd. The implication that Courtney was somehow going to waltz into a Seattle police station and corrupt them. I don't think they would even let her into a police station, especially in those days, end quote. So, I mean, he kind of makes a good point that, like, you know, that's a pretty stupid thing that she would somehow corrupt the police station into, uh, you know, doing something like that, but... I don't know. I mean, do you guys, you know, not to bring up old stuff about Kurt's murder and or suicide. I personally think he killed himself. I don't think it was Courtney Love who orchestrated this thing. But do you guys feel that maybe she played a role in it or what? No, I don't think there's any uh, any reason to think that anyone was involved other than Kurt, sadly, himself. Right. Um you know, he was very famously unhappy with where he was at uh, career-wise. 
Uh, what was it? Three weeks before that happened, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it was in Italy OD or something. In Italy, yeah, it was, yeah. You know, champagne and some kind of pills or something. So. And got uh, went to the hospital, went through some kind of a quick rehab or something. Right. And then yeah, and then two weeks later, uh, ended ended up doing that at home. So yeah, and I've seen the uh, the documentaries and I've I've read some things, but it, it's never sounded plausible to me that that was. What do you think, Dahlia? Uh, well, I would have to see the evidence before me to even make uh, an educated judgment on the situation. Uh, so, you know, I can't say. I don't know what they were looking at to even think that it could be murder plausible, uh, plausible for a murder to have occurred, rather. Right, yeah. I'm not so sure either. I would have to look at the, the... But there had to been, like, a preponderance of evidence to go either way. Or so, it just could be some super fan type of people that just don't want to believe that he killed himself, you know, and they're uh, willing. But I agree with George. Like, I saw some of the documentary. He was in a very, very bad yeah, space. Yeah, I saw some of those videos. I don't know if you guys saw those videos that came out. It was like uh, when Francis Bean was just a little baby and he was all, like, spun out and Courtney was all spun out. And they had that friend of Courtney's filming it while they were in the room and... uh it was just so depressing and sad to watch. Just them all, like, you know, heroined out or whatever. Yeah, maybe they'll reopen the case because when you're in such a weakened state like that, if you are mm. a- around people who are saying things like, you should just kill yourself, you're you're worthless, then that would just add that person on too. So I don't know if that would... Um, someone wouldn't necessarily have to be at fault for kind of putting that no. out there like why don't you just do you this you pulled the trigger it. i mean you know we right. all ta- we right. all take criticism especially right. someone in his position you know right. so and you ask me my opinion there it is all right well let's move on to some more rock news this week uh blink 182 apparently is among the most hacked passwords uh <laughs> They did a study on the most commonly used and potentially hacked passwords, and Blink-182 was the number one uh, uh, password that people use, followed by 123456, believe it or not, and then 12345789, then QWERTY, literally one is password, and then one's a bunch of ones. That's, That's crazy, right? Uh, oh, excuse me. Blink-182 doesn't make the top 10, but it is the most common music-based password. I'm sorry. So it was the number one music-based password, but it is, it's still up there, apparently, in just passwords that people use. Other artist names include Slipknot, Metallica, Nirvana, 50 Cent, and Eminem. Oh, that's funny. What's, you know, like an old password that you guys can mention. I could mention one that I don't use anymore. It was <laughs> Green Day 420. And I used to use that all the time. It was just easy to remember, and I don't use it on any of my passwords now. So, but when I was younger and in the ninety late nineties when that first started coming out, like that to me it was a combination of letters and numbers, and it was it was a band that I knew, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. On this day in music history trivia, April twenty sixth. On this day in nineteen sixty nine. This album, we were talking about this earlier, actually, a little bit about classical music. This album was notable for being the first successful album to remix classical music compositions on the newly invented Moog synthesizer, reaching number 10 on the Billboard Albums chart. 
The popularity of this album is the commercial breakthrough. Uh, excuse me, commercial breakthrough for Moog, uh, or Moog. Excuse me, Moog synthesizers, which go on to be a part of the uh, soundtrack in the films Tron, The Shining, and A Clockwork Orange. Uh, all right, so it made the Moog popular. What was it? Was it A. Walter Carlos switched on Bach, B. Rick Wakeman classics, or C. Tangerine Dream medieval electronics? I know this one. All right. Well, All right. Dahlia, you guess I, first. Okay. Well, I'm going with Tangerine Dream, Medieval Electronics. Any reason why? Um, it's the only thing out of all of these three that actually sticks out to me that is recognizable. Okay. That is my only uh, right. reasoning behind it. George, uh, what do you think? I have a cassette copy of this. Oh, do you? Oh, I do. <laughs> I did my um, college, one of my college papers on this uh, whole deal with the the Moog synthesizer nice. and, and the whole deal with Walter Carlos and all that oh, stuff. Oh, so I'm wrong. Yeah, switched on Bach. Uh, this <laughs> this, is a, this oh, was no. a legendary album, though. Check out this album cover. There's the... The Moog synthesizer with everything, and uh, you know the guy with his old—it uh, looks like some old British parliamentary guy or something. Yeah, he's wearing the the traditional wig. Yeah, but it's a great album, and Walter Carlos uh, eventually—I think he was one of the first like, um, what do you call it, like a transsexual uh, oh, okay. musician. Yeah. He, he transitioned into a woman. Uh, Wendy Carlos, he started going by. By the time that he did the Clockwork Orange soundtrack, he was right. no longer wa- calling himself Walter. It was Wendy. She was called wa- Wendy from that point. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, but he, amazing synthesizer, p- pianist, uh, just great, great musician all around. So, yeah, reached number 10 on the Billboard charts. Um, this brings in uh, synthesized music to the mainstream popularity. So there you go. Wow. Uh, cool. You learn something new every day. Yeah, that's why I, p- I thought I would pick it for our trivia, you mm-hmm. know, uh, on this day. In I like it. 1969, way back when. Uh, all right, so moving on to some more trivia. On this day in 1990, the Fender Stratocaster that Jimi Hendrix used to perform the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock is auctioned off in London for a then record what amount? Was it A, $1.3 million, B five hundred eighty five thousand, or C two hundred ninety five thousand. On this day in nineteen ninety. Okay, well, it's a tough one. Nineteen ninety. I don't know. I'll go with B. A little over half a mil. Half a mil. Five eighty five. George, what do you That's think? That's high for a strat, but I get it. Yeah, but then again, one played by Jimmy that he didn't set on fire, and that there's a direct, <laughs> right. you know, there's, yeah, supposedly there's it's proof that yeah, this it's, was it, right, right. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think I don't know, maybe a one point three million. Thinking one point three. Dahlia says five eighty five. Well, be all surprised to know that it's two hundred ninety five thousand. I am surprised. Yeah, back then that. in the nineties, and then now supposedly. Oh, that's in nineteen ninety dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in now dollars, that's probably around one point three billion dollars, yeah, right? <laughs> Real quick on Sports Minute for local uh, hockey fans, man. Uh, the Sharks had an epic comeback and an overtime win 
Uh, shout out to Scotty. I'm sure he was not happy about it or even cares because his uh, his team's out. But San Jose came back from three to zero. They won four to three, or it was five to three, five to four, I think, uh, after penalties, and they scored in overtime for the Sharks' win against the Golden Knights for Vegas. Won on the seventh game of the series. It was a big deal. It's probably a lot of the fans are saying it was the best game ever in the Sharks' entire history. So it was a big deal for them. So. Do you have low energy? Fatigue? A case of the moon days? Do you feel stranded, alone, and lost in the bleak void of primitive human existence? Longing for an ambrosia that will perk clarity and pull you from the dull sludge of your dismal life and family? Ball Jack's the key. Made from a patented blend of a thousand milligrams of taurine for the drive of a true Ball Jack champion. 300 cc's of caffeine stack. 5,000 milliliters of ginkgo biloba, helping to stimulate the brain and regain the memory loss as a result of drinking ball jack. <laughs> Plus 20 cardiograms straight from the delta thorax of a living Malaysian tiger. Wow. And an ounce of pineapple juice concentrate. Ball jack will transform you from the pathetic, lazy, stupid, idiot slob that you are right now to something akin to a Busta Rhymes hype man in just seconds. <laughs> Grab the intensity. Grab the heat. Grab some ball jack. Right in the ball jack. Available at participating local motels. Copyright thegaragerockshow.com. All rights reserved. Winton, California. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonials from Nancy in Huskogee, Wyoming. <laughs> Come on, Nancy. No, no. See, she's, she's just, she's so jacked out of her mind right now. She can't even yeah. properly put to words, Charles. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonial from James from Red Eye District of New Jersey. James, how do you, how do you feel about Ball Jack, James? <laughs> James. James. James, James is jacked out of his mind right now, too. He can't even put it into oh, words James. either. <laughs> Ball Jack, guaranteed little to no teeth loss. Uh, all right, moving on to movie, TV, and entertainment news this week. The Academy is protecting Netflix's eligibility, and Steven Spielberg is backing down. Uh, you remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about how he didn't want him to be included, right, for mm-hmm. Academy Awards? Well, Netflix has been protected and will still be available, excuse me, eligible for awards, a move that director Steven Spielberg campaigned against. After the decision, he appears to have backed down. He says, quote, I want people to find their entertainment in any form or fashion that suits them. He told the New York Times in an email, Big screen, small screen, what really matters to me is a great story, and everyone should have access to great stories. And that's what we said. Right? But he goes on to say, However, I feel people need to have the opportunity to to leave the safe and familiar of their lives and go to a place where they can sit in the company of others and have a shared experience, cry together, laugh together, be afraid together. So that when it's over, they may feel a little less like strangers. I want to see the survival of movie theaters. I want the theatrical experience to remain relevant in our culture. End quote. He does have a good point there. He does. Why didn't he just say that in the beginning instead of being... Well, he kind of did. Dead set, no, his stance was dead set against them having any um, eligibility. Right. I so, think that was his way. It was just like immediate, like kind of rejection. Like, and we were saying, like, no, that's like a good old boys mentality. It's right. That's not. That's not the. It's world not the that future. It's not what it is. It it's needs to be a combination thinking. of both. I think you know, movies on Netflix should have a limited run in the theaters, right? Like, I mean, something that's released on Netflix, why not have it in the theater for a couple weeks, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm sure that's. 
I mean, it would just I'm seem sure to me that coming. it would make more money. Mm-hmm. If something's released on Netflix, like, uh, what was that one with Sandra Bullock, Bird Box, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if that was released in the theater. We for saw everyone. it in the theater. I, no, we didn't. Oh, we I saw it on did. Netflix. We oh, saw it at home. Netflix? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do, do you get well, what I'm we saying? We go to the theater, we see things at home, but no, yeah. And like with with even like shows like Stranger Things, like to have like an opening in the theater, like you can do things like that as well to make extra money. So, so uh, a compromise could be that it would have to have a, a minimum theatrical run of right. X or Y. And that was this new Martin Scorsese movie that's called The Irishman that's going to be released on Netflix. It is going to have a limited theater run. And that they did that to safeguard it for Academy Award nominations to make sure that it was aired in the theater mm. for a small amount of time. Martin Scorsese wanted to make sure of that. And I think a lot of these old school directors still have a, a fondness for the theater and the traditional kind of way of rolling out a movie. And, you know. I it, think the Deadwood movie is also going to have a theatrical. Yeah. That's coming release. out May 31st. May 31st. That's the same day that Calhoun. That's right. Where's <laughs> that show? for Early Empires. At, at the, the Star, Star Club. Club. No. That's right. Cover charge. Come on down and uh, check out a great show. On. That's going to be a good one, man. And then go see the movie afterwards, right? Or the next day. Or the next day. Or before. Maybe see the movie before you head out. <laughs> you way. know somebody that can get it for you. You all do. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, all right. So look at this. James Bond 25. This is going to be the 25th James Bond movie. And here's the deal. Rami Malek is going to play the villain along with, uh, of course, um, Daniel Craig. So Daniel Craig's going to reprise his role, possibly his last time playing Bond, he said. And Rami Malek is going to play the villain, which I think is a great choice. What do you think? I don't know. What do you guys think? I haven't kept up on the Bonds. I don't think I've seen a Bond movie in maybe... 10 or 12 or more years. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the last one I think I saw was Skyfall. I think that was 2012, 2013. Uh, and it was pretty good. I got to say, it was it was, it was was good modern. I like Daniel Craig as James Bond. Do you guys think never he's Never seen a, him. Never, you haven't seen him uh, as James Bond? No, what, what no he's, good, he's good as James He's a good actor. He's good in that role. I've not seen him in anything other than like... Yeah, that type yeah, role. he's one of those. He got kind of pigeonholed and typecast as that type of actor. What's th- that? What's that one guy? He plays in all like the the, you know, someone's missing movies. And oh, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Neeson. Like that's all <laughs> he does. Missing movies. <laughs> and and you guys both knew exactly what I was exactly. talking about yep. because yep. there have been like ten films. Proves your point, same yes. premise. Yep. Very true. So yeah, apparently it's set in Jamaica. Like he's on vacation. James Bond is in. Jamaica on vacation. Barbara then, Broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> producer Barbara Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> revealed that the, when the film begins, quote, Bond is not on active service. He's enjoying himself in Jamaica. Thank you very much. He starts his journey here. I'm Barbara Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Barbara. That wow. was the best Barbara Broccoli <laughs> impersonation. That is a great name, Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> we got to have her back. <laughs> Talk about some like different things, you know? Barbara Broccoli. What is that, Nosferatu? Check this out. James Wan is going to be doing Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Oh, wow. wow. This is the first time that Salem's Lot will hit the big screen. Uh, James Wan and the nun screenwriter Gary Dauberman have signed on to adapt his 1975 vampire epic Salem's Lot 
Juan will produce while Doberman will both pen and the script and serve as executive producer. No director attached right now. This will mark the first time that Stephen King's sophomore novel will hit theaters. Previously, the story was adapted as a 1979 miniseries. Mm-hmm. But uh, later on in 2004, another, another miniseries for TNT starring Rob Lowe. That's the one I remember. It wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're finally getting this first legitimate weighty novel on the big screen is a big deal. The story follows, uh, you know, Ben Mears. Mm-hmm. He's a pop writer, returns to the fictional main hometown of Jerusalem's lot where he grew up. He discovers yeah. the whole place has become overrun by vampires. What do you think, Dahlia? Um, as I, as I'm a huge Stephen King fan, as you know, I have almost all of his books and read most of them. I hope that this is better than Pet Cemetery because we watched it last weekend and that was that was awful. a disappointment disappointment major we watched that movie the nun and that was a disappointment that shit the bed that was very so i hope that they stop shitting all over stephen king's stories if you're gonna do it please do it right but the ben mears character my favorite because i did read salem's lot but i've also read the dark tower series yeah and there's a whole story in one of the books there's several books in the dark tower series which brings Ben Mears back. They go back into the thinny. They go back to where their vampires nice. are and the low men in yellow coats. That was my favorite with this character, other than Stephen King writing himself into that book. Because in that in the Dark Tower series, they go to Stephen King's house. So that right. was like right after the whole Ben Mears part. So he has a huge part in the Dark Tower series. That was my favorite. So. If they're gonna do it, I guess in closing, do it right, please. Yeah. Because I'm, we're watching, and you know, we're we're expecting more. Do an HBO series if you know if it needs to be done correctly, but they're yeah. just they're just capitalizing on it right yeah, now. Well, it's gonna and be I a get movie. it, I get it. Stephen King's like, all right, you want to buy it? Like, go for it. He's right. over it. He's older, but I'm like, oh gosh, for all of us like avid readers and followers it's just kind of disappointing yeah, yeah it, king for me was the first uh adult uh author i ever read when i was in sixth grade mm-hmm. right yes. yeah and um you know he's written lots and lots and lots of things and i know that hollywood likes just keep they they want to just remake Everything. a certain handful of of his films that have been made before maybe pick a new story you know let's pick one that maybe hasn't been already um, adapted into a film. Right. He's got lots and lots of material. So at least they're doing that with this one, I think. It's the first time it's being made into a film. So at least well, there's hope there. At least good there's sign. hope there. Uh, all right. Move, more movie entertainment, TV entertainment news. Nicolas Cage, man, he's had a rough patch lately. I don't know if you guys have seen his uh, wife of four days, Erica Koike? Koike? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, here's the deal. They got married on impulse without the ability to recognize or understand the full pin- impact of his actions, according to himself and his lawyers. Some reports he, he claimed he was intoxicated at the time uh, they got married. But still, this lady is demanding spousal support. She's claiming in legal papers that he asked her to start the relationship again, quote, in the right way, less than two weeks after filing for an annulment. She's saying that her long relationship with Cage made her lose out on career opportunities and that his claims have damaged her career further. So 
They were married March 23rd, and just before the ceremony, TMZ snapped them in a heated argument. They started dating April of 2018. Uh, he's had some rough marriages in the past, but then, so after all of that, you know, m- you know, some people might take time to re- to recover <laughs> in peace, but no, not Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He went out to a karaoke bar in Los <laughs> Angeles's Koreatown neighborhood, oh, and now a viral video has surfaced, guys, oh. which you're about to see. Oh no! Uh, where Nicolas Cage is singing Prince karaoke, uh, and he's singing it very aggressively. I'll just say that, um, and you can judge for yourselves. I think he was genuinely trying to sing the song. Yeah? You know, he's a strange cat. I once saw an interview with a... <laughs> I forget her name now. Someone that he appeared in a film with, and they were doing press for the movie, like a junket. And she said that they were about to go out before all this press, and, and he leans to her and he says... Throughout the rest of this interview today, I will not use the words I or me, and then proceeded to do just that <laughs> for his own entertainment. <laughs> oh my God, what a wild guy, right? That's yeah, I love Nick Cage. Yeah, it's awesome. Wild at heart. Come All right. On. <laughs> Yar, you hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake, Yar! You need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious. It's krillicious. Yar. Let's move on to some world news uh, around the world uh, here in the U.S. The U.S. measles case now is the most in 25 years. This is ridiculous, man. Are they not vaccinating for that anymore? Yeah, well, the number of measles cases in the U.S. has risen to 695. Uh, It's the highest number in 25 years. There were 963 cases of the measles in the U.S. in 1994. Um, That's when the last time it was highest. Although measles cases have been reported in 22 states, about three-quarters of them have been in New York State, uh, mainly in two ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities in Brooklyn and Rockland County, and most of those cases have been in unvaccinated people. Measles have been declared all but eliminated in the U.S. in 2000, but it has made a comeback since then, including 667 cases in 2014. 
so the, the the whole autism fears and stuff is driving all of that. So, <laughs> you know, come on, people. That's what we got the, the fucking vaccines for, right? We did hundreds of years of, you know, people dying, uh, and we finally got research and technology to be able to do it, and then... I just wonder what the research is or where that came from that measles was linked to autism. The measles it's not measles. Vac- was It's the- not the measles vaccine. It's just vaccines in general. People, Immunizations. People yeah. feel that it's they have mercury in them and there are other things that they – there was this guy that wrote a book and he was a semi-legitimate doctor and it scared a bunch of people and then it, it made people think that that was a thing. But then it got debunked. He, they took him, you know, kind of to task and interviewed him, and he said it was all bullshit and that it was kind of unfounded, you know? Yeah, I guess it's unfounded, but I remember a, a very good friend of mine, her son, her first son, has, has autism. And we remember when he was a baby, he had words. Like, up until he was, like, two years old, he had words. And then he got back, like, he was speaking, and he got vaccinated. He was had, I don't know what vaccinations he had. I don't know. I'm not his parent. But he stopped having words. Hmm. Like after. So I don't know. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe he got to a certain point. Convenient timing and not related to that. Yeah. It's just all. Fair enough. Okay. We'll put it out there. Um, So, all right. Let's move on to some other world news about, not about vaccines, but about this kind of creepy technology. And maybe an interesting and more convenient way to go through an air security checkpoint. So check it out. Here's an artist's rendering of this thing. It's called AeroCheck. And it's basically a escalator that you put your bag on the right in one scanning deal. And you stand on the escalator itself. And you get all scanned at once, right? You just go up through this thing. It's an escalator. And uh, you get... Everything scanned in supposedly in 60 seconds. Passengers uh, using this escalator, it's called AeroCheck, which is still in the concept stage. Uh, so they would do all the stuff. Um, facial recognition would check the passport photo. Passengers would go through a portal on the escalator that measures, measures their height and weight, which would be used to optimize the weight and balance of the aircraft and other equipment. Uh, each suitcase would be photographed, weighted, and associated with its owner automatically. Uh, so, what do you guys think of this? I mean, uh, to me, it sounds like a good idea. If we're already going through all this shit anyway, anything the in- industry can do to make it easier for the, for the folks traveling, right? Welcomed. Yeah, because it is already. It's just like it's taking too much time. It's a nightmare, and this seems like a way of kind of streamlining it. So. Well, I mean, and people have given up. They know that they're going to be miserable. So, you know. It's not like in the 50s where it showed pictures of people uh, traveling and a man would be wearing a suit and the woman's wearing gloves and a, right. you know, a little, uh, little purse. <laughs> um, yeah, those days are gone. take off their shoes on the airplane now. Mm-hmm. You know I saw I mean? a video we of a guy. We're in gym outfits and <laughs> I t-shirts. saw a guy standing naked in line. He was in the police arrested him eventually, but he was trying to board a plane naked. Whoa. Yeah. Just wow. Trying to make a statement. Who knows? Just <laughs> fucking lost his mind, probably. You know, who knows? Anyway. Well, he had a boarding pass. He made it that far. Yeah, and he like <laughs> he had this kind of like reasonable explanation, like, oh, you know, blah blah blah. I can't even remember what it was, but wow. Yeah, it's really bad. Anyway, interesting. All right, moving on to conspiracy corner this week. 
store. We were talking about cameras and uh, everything there with the uh, escalator, but store cameras apparently can guess your age, gender, mood to show you targeted ads. They're um, these new cameras. Uh, they're going to be touted as a way to compete with online sellers. So they're going to install these in brick and mortar places, and this is way a brick and mortar is going to start doing what online. Because when you go online, right, you're clicking on stuff, you leave a trail of things you're interested in, right? Like you ever see those ads like pop up of something you just clicked on or searched for? You put in Google uh, cheap uh, camping tent, right? And then you go to some other website, and then all of a sudden on the bottom right-hand corner, here's a cheap camping tent for you to buy, right? Right. So what the brick and mortar wants to do is kind of emulate that. That when while you're shopping in their stores, they're going to like basically get your uh, profile on their camera and use all kinds of stuff, data about consumers and what they buy. Right? We just got some consu- uh, coupons in the mail, right? From Savemart. Was it was it Savemart? Rayleigh's. Rayleigh's. And it was all things that we have bought in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I'm getting free. I get free lettuce. I get free buns. Yeah, it's it's cool because cool. it's all things that we buy, but it's also kind of creepy that they know exactly what we're shopping, what we want. Well, I have and groceries a, delivered to the house, so everything sure. I'm buying is online. Uh, so, so apparently they're busy. trying to... Here's the deal. It's even creepier in a way. The technology is being tested at a handful of locations. Supermarket chain Kroger has put cameras in a price sign above shelves in two stores outside Cincinnati and Seattle and video screens attached to the shelves that can play ads and show discounts. Walgreens put cooler doors with cameras and sensors at six locations in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, and in Washington. Instead of the doors being clear glass, they have video screens that show ads along with the cooler's contents. Walgreens said that of the cameras being used to sense when someone is in front of the cooler and to count the number of shoppers passing by. However, the camera can also guess ages and track shoppers' eyes to see what they're looking at. But Walgreens says those functions aren't turned on for now. So, Of course not. Right, but it can do that, right? That's pretty crazy. So, wow. Beware, folks. Well, um, we can pay with, you can pay with your Apple Watch. Your Apple Pay, you just scan your watch on the sure. thing, and yeah, we're in that time frame now. Uh, all right, weekly what the fuck this week? Uh, Coachella just happened, and now there's some huge herpes uh. spikes. Uh, apparently, <laughs> there's this app called Herp Alert, which is an online treatment website. They saw an enormous rise in people looking for treating treatment of herpes uh, the past two weekends. While they typically see 12 cases a day during Coachella weekend. They reportedly saw more than 250 each day. Isn't that crazy? Wow. wow. Isn't that crazy? What is it, like a cold sore? Or yeah. is it like genital? Maybe both. I don't know. Because uh, so if people are, if somebody with a, like a, like a really bad cold sore or something like that. There's different viruses. There's different like viruses of the herpes sharing virus. Sharing a cigarette. We have no or... idea what it is and where it comes from, but. It they had a lot of it, so yes, there's obviously a lot of people there sharing a lot of stuff. So <laughs> more than more than cigarettes there, Dahlia. Oh boy. Um, anyway, all right. So also <laughs> weekly, what the fuck this week? This was an interesting story. As a Nebraska man's rapid heartbeat stabilized after an ambulance hit a pothole, the man's heart had reached 200 beats per minute, which is insane, right? 
he was during this 20-minute ride to the hospital. The ambulance hit a pothole, and the man's heartbeat returned to a normal rhythm, according to the medics. One doctor says the phenomenon is rare, but it does happen. So that's pretty interesting. Wow. Saved his life, pothole. (laughs) They dislodged a clog there in one of the arteries. All right, so the hotel, Marriott. I've been saying Marriott for years. Have you guys been saying Marriott? Yeah, we didn't have any reason to think we were Why Why would it, it? be pronounced uh, different, right? Well, it's the family name of the company's founder who started the lodging business in 1957 with a motor hotel in Arlington, Virginia. Now, Marriott International is a global enterprise, most recently opening in the St. Regis uh, area of Hong Kong. The Marriott team says that if you're pronouncing Marriott correctly, it should rhyme with chariot. So Marriott. Most people seem to pronounce it with a hard ot, like otter, like Marriott, like what I say, right? Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to pronounce it Marriott. Mm. I'll try to remember that. Like chariot. Marriott. Along with all the other million things to remember. Marriott. Mm. Hotels. Uh, so there you go. Uh, look at this bullshit. Oh, goodness. This looks disgusting. I don't know what it is about dark flavor, dark colored sodas with different flavors in it to me. I, I hate soda in general. Yeah, we don't drink. But don't drink to soda. see dark sodas with flavors in it to me just sounds just disgusting. And Pepsi has these new flavors they're trying out. Pepsi Berry, Lime, and Mango. Maybe they'll be clear. I'd like the lime. But, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe the lime. I could see that, with, especially like with whiskey or something. That would be pretty good. Uh, but so it's a, supposedly a, a splash of fruit on a typical Pepsi. It's not clear. It's just regular Pepsi mm. with a splash of fruit in there. So limited time through June 14th. You can try it yourselves. Um, all right. This is the last story of the night for Weekly What the Fuck. For Earth Day, a six-ton actual Idaho potato has been officially recycled as an Airbnb, now called the Big Idaho Potato Hotel, guys. (laughs) The grand opening was also the launching of the Big Idaho Potato Truck Tour, that they're going to be taking this thing on the road. Wow. This lady makes tiny homes, and she turned this potato into a tiny home. Oh, I was going to ask if that was going to be a stupid question. Are people staying in the potato? Yep. So check it out. Um, has anyone smelled what a potato looks? Uh, On a hot like? day, it smells like French fries. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Here's yeah. the inside of it. Look it. They've already lined it. You could tell they that's did like not a carpet. That's gravy. <laughs> 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 it kind of looks like the inside of a cave or something. It does. Uh, it's like white walls, and it looks like it's been like I don't know, spackled or something. Look it, sprayed with something. I don't know what the hell is that. that- it looks like stucco. Yeah, stucco. And then it's got or a sink. Or something in it. What is it, an adobo? Yeah. It's got a sink in there, a bed, a little table so you can play records, but there's no record player. So. But that potato is going to get rotten and it's going to stink really bad. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Remember when we, like, we had, like a couple years ago, there was a really bad smell in our house. We were like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it was Well, we had potatoes. In the top shelf, like above the refrigerator at our old house, 
and they were rotten in there, and they stink so bad, like you wouldn't even imagine. I don't think that I don't think that they left it as a potato, though, babe. I mean, oh. it's like it. They've hollowed it out and took all of that shit out, and they're barely but leaving potato left. Yeah, like on the very exterior of it, like mm. you know what I mean. And they probably like lacquered it up and okay. sealed it. You know, I would imagine it's not some just fresh rotten potato house yeah, well, i would like to see the reviews after like a year or two mm-hmm. look at look at here's the thing though the ba- the house doesn't have a bathroom in it you got to go to this uh, on oh, the outside yeah. of it and it's this little fucking uh silo with a right. with a toilet and a sink right above oh, it that's a nice hmm. it's a, it looks like a compost and then you get a uh, um a little fireplace next to it where you can cook your cottage fries <laughs> next to the toilet <laughs> oh, it is all in the same room. It's in huh? the toilet area. Yeah, it's not in oh, the it's potato the house. Oh, that's the kitchen area. You, yeah, they couldn't put the oven in the potato house. It'd probably fucking burn it down. Start cooking the potato. <laughs> it's gonna be added to the weird California uh, book. Potatoes. Well, no, weird Idaho because oh, it's in yeah, Idaho. Idaho sorry. But it will be on tour. The okay. big Idaho potato truck tour. Look out for a city near you. <laughs> we'll have to go meet it. All right, that's it for us this week, guys. Hashtag Thanks for tuning tater in. Team. <laughs> tater team. <laughs> Check us out, facebook.com slash garage rock show podcast. Of course, the garage rock show.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion standards or policies of the garage rock show tgrs assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein this disclaimer is posted in full at the garage rock show.com